0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer in for Stephen Henderson. And you can join Stephen and me and the whole Detroit Today team, as well as guests, Dr. Mona hanna Atisha and the, the Democratic leader of the state Senate, Jim Ananick, on September 10th. We will be at the Detroit Public Library to cap off this summer's WDET book club, which we have been reading Dr. Mona's book, what the Eyes Don't See. Um, we're going to be discussing, of course, the book, Dr. Mona's work in Flint during the water crisis, and, of course, all of the things that we still have to learn today from the Flint water crisis. And again, you can join the Detroit Today team, Stephen Henderson, Dr. Mona, and Senator Ananick at the Detroit Public Library on September 10th. It's free and open to the public. We are asking, though, that you register to attend at wdet.org events. And, of course, we've been talking all summer about the Flint water crisis as part of this WDET book club, and we talk a lot about lead poisoning in Flint, uh, but we don't always talk quite as much about the actual deaths caused by the switch from Detroit's water system to Flint River water. Uh, Those deaths were, of course, caused by a bacteria, Legionella. Virginia Tech professor Mark Edwards and his team recorded Legionella concentrations Roughly seven times higher than normal, which led to two outbreaks in Flint in 2014 and 2015. Ninety people in the county contracted the disease during those two years, and to date, at least 13 have died. The youngest, Jasmine McBride, died six months after her 30th birthday this February. Joining us in just a bit is going to be Dr. Janet Stout. She is the director of Special Pathogens Laboratory. That's the the nation's leading Legionella testing lab. She's a former consultant to McLaren Hospital in Flint, and we've invited her on today to explain how deadly this disease is and how the Flint water crisis caused that outbreak. And we will get her on in just a minute. But we want you to call in and tell us exactly, you know, what what are your reactions to what happened in Flint with Legionnaires' disease? I'm actually really curious about if you're concerned about contracting Legionnaires' disease given the cases that we've seen here in Michigan, just down the street from our station here on Wayne State's campus. We there was Legionella detected in one of the buildings here. Now this was earlier this year, over the summer. Uh, what is your reaction to the way that local, state, and federal agents have responded to this? and other outbreaks? Do you trust government to protect you from disease and other threats? Uh, And especially we want to hear from you if you or someone you know has been affected by Legionnaire's disease. Uh, Do you have questions or concerns about this disease, even what it is and what you should do to protect yourself? The number, as always, is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. And you can also go to the WDET Facebook page. You can leave comments there, and you can also hashtag us on Twitter. That's hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work your comments and questions into the uh, into the conversation. And uh, we are uh, again, we we really want to hear what you have to say about, especially trust in government in this situation. This is sort of the. The the thread that holds the conversation this entire summer over the Flint water crisis together. It's about whether you think the government is doing what it should be doing to protect everyone, yourself, your family. Uh, do you think that the that agents in the government are doing what is necessary, or are you concerned about the the bureau- the bureaucracy, the way that certain agencies kick one thing kick a can down the road or uh, kick something to another agency uh, this is something that has really been dredged up with the flint water crisis in our conversations about it is how can we trust the government to protect us again if you have thoughts on that please call us at 313-577-1019 again 313-577-1019 leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can hashtag us at Detroit Detroit Today that's #DetroitToday on Twitter and we will again try to work your comments into the conversation and of course if you are engaged on this topic um, or you know other topics other conversations related to the Flint water crisis you really do not want to miss out on our event that was really capping off this conversation that we've had throughout the entire summer. That's happening September 10th at the Detroit Public Library. That's the finale for this summer's WDET Book Club reading of What the Eyes Don't See by Dr. Mona Hanna-Attisha. Dr. Mona, of course, will be our, our featured guest at that conversation you will be able to ask her questions you'll be able to you know see what she has to say about her work in Flint and so forth again you can join Stephen Henderson and the Detroit Today team as well as Dr. Monahanna Atisha, and Senate Minority Leader Jim Ananick who is from Flint on September 10th at the Detroit Public Library Main Branch on Woodward Avenue in Midtown it's open and free to the public we just ask that you register to attend at wdet.org/events and i understand that that. That we have Dr. Janet Stout on the line now. Dr. Janet Stout, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thank you so much, Jake. It's my pleasure to be with you.
0: Absolutely. Really, really excited to have you on the show today to really explain both what Legionnaires is, but also what happened in Flint. So let's start with that first question. What exactly is Legionnaires disease and where does this bacteria Legionella come from in the first place?
1: Well, Legionnaire's disease is a bacterial pneumonia. It's caused by the bacteria Legionella. And Legionella bacteria, like many bacteria, are naturally found in in our natural water sources like rivers and lakes, usually in small numbers. And then when that water goes through the treatment plant, Legionella is more resistant to the chlorine that were used to kill other bacteria like E. coli. comes down those pipes to your building, uh, whether it's your home, your hospital, uh, long-term care facilities. And then it gets into the warm water system, and that warm water combined with, you know, nutrients and other bacteria uh, allows Legionella to grow to numbers in that water system that are dangerous, that allow us to get sick and get that Legionnaire's disease pneumonia.
0: So uh, bring that back to Flint and exactly how the switch from Detroit's water system to the Flint River water uh, contributed and, and created the situation where you had this Legionella outbreak.
1: Well, as most of your listeners know, in April of 2014, uh, the the city in a cost savings measure switched from the lake water to the Flint River, and uh, there was some things that didn't sort of get done that would normally be done, like anti-corrosive treatment and things like that, that then created this highly corrosive environment in the pipes, and so what that did is... Uh, like in uh, Dr. Uh, Hannah Atisha's book, increased lead leaching, also increased release of things like iron and other corrosion byproducts, decreased the amount of chlorine in the water. All of that contributed to an increase in the conditions that allow Legionella to grow. And so they they were definitely temporarily linked, meaning that april 2014 the switch occurred and the cases of legionnaires disease began to occur shortly after that and what's really remarkable is that normally in genesee county in flint michigan the number of cases of legionnaires disease somewhere around 10 to 13 every year and in 2014 there were 44 cases and in 2015 there were 46 cases well above the normal baseline So that's why the occurrence of the Legionnaire's disease outbreak is associated with the switch to the Flint River water source.
0: And still, uh, it took a long time to really make that direct connection. Um, After reviewing a research paper about a study done by Virginia Tech professor Mark Edwards, you were quoted as saying uh, this paper by Dr. Edwards uh, shows that the water quality disruptions in Flint directly contributed to the presence of Legionella bacteria and the disease cases that subsequently occurred. I'm curious... You know, because there was so much back and forth about whether it was directly connected before that, how were you able to finally make that direct connection?
1: Well, um, there's, as I read um, Dr. Uh, Hannah Atisha's book about the lead uh, crisis and how the public health authorities um, sort of lagged behind and didn't do some of the testing that was necessary to make that link... Uh, The same kind of thing happened in Flint with regard to Legionella. Now, both the investigators at Virginia Tech and Michigan State showed that there was a link based on uh, chemistry data, corrosion byproducts data, and made that link in terms of a study of the patterns of those uh, occurrences. What happened with the Legionella piece is that immediately when I was asked to comment which was in early 2015 Uh, I had a phone call with the Genesee County Health Department I said the first thing you need to do is test the water in the homes of the patients that are getting Legionnaires disease and throughout the water distribution system to see if Legionella is there and that to your listeners is sort of a no-brainer right Mm -hmm. Uh, if you if you suspect the water to be the source of Legionnaires disease uh, epidemic that was occurring You would test the water. And I recommended to them that they get in touch with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention because they will send a team, if asked, to do that type of sampling. And I was very, very surprised to find out later that the state health department kind of chastised the county and said, you're not allowed to ask the CDC to come. Only we can ask the CDC to come And then the CDC was not asked by the state to come and do that testing, which is critical in making that direct link, meaning I've got the Legionella bacteria from the water and I've got the Legionella bacteria from the patients and I can make that link, which is called an epidemiologic link. So that testing was never done, despite the fact that another sort of level of frustration for me, is I was offering to do this testing in our laboratory here in Pittsburgh, the Special Pathogens Laboratory, for free. And I offered to do that testing of the residents' homes to the health department, to the EPA. And I was always surprised, you know, nobody took me up on that offer.
0: Yeah, back in 2016, you said that the big question you had here was why state officials and others uh, failed to request or accept assistance from the CDC, the EPA, yourself, others. Um, you know, now in 2019, do we have a clearer answer to uh, to why that was?
1: Well, I think the answer to that is probably coming through in a lot of the, the legal work that's being done. But it's going to be also um, investigated in depth by Frontline on PBS. And interestingly, mm-hmm. it's also on September 10th. Right. <laughs> um, and so, so if your listeners are interested in kind of seeing how this all evolved in an in-depth kind of way, uh, I would recommend that they, they listen to that. And um, I think that there were failures, you know, much like the lead crisis. There were failures, failures along the way both in terms of the way the water was treated, the lack of testing the water for Legionella bacteria. And, and I think what, the, what, what you wonder and some of your uh, listeners wonder and what's brought out by the PBS Frontline piece is that it, there's a question as to whether or not some of those decisions not to collect data was intentional.
0: Mm-hmm. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Steven Henderson today. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking now with Dr. Janet Stout. She is president and director of Special Pathogens Laboratory and a professor at the University of Pittsburgh Swanson School of Engineering. She concluded from a study that Legionella bacteria likely entered McLaren Hospital in Flint during the Flint water crisis, of course leading to more than a dozen deaths, at least, during the Flint water crisis. Um, if you want to join the conversation, uh, you know, are you concerned about Legionnaires disease? Are you concerned about other diseases in our environment, given the cases that we've seen here in Michigan? What is your reaction to the way that local, state, and federal agents have responded to this and other outbreaks? Do you trust government to provide you with the from to protect you I should say from disease and other threats uh, and have you personally been affected by legionnaires disease or do you know someone who has do you have questions or concerns about legionnaires disease that Dr. Janet Stout could answer of course the number on the line is 313-577-1019 that's 313 313- five seven seven one zero one nine. You can go to our Facebook page, leave a comment there, or hashtag Detroit Today on Twitter. We will try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, right now let's go to Ebony on the West Side. Ebony, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Hi Ebony, what would you like to say?
1: Um in two thousand seventeen my uncle uh, who lived in Redford was diagnosed with Legionnaires disease at the age of eighty one. And I remember the Wayne County Health Department calling me, trying to figure out, like, where he had been within, like, the past two weeks. But there was no follow-up after that. And so, to this day, we don't know how he contracted that. And that kind of bothered me because I'm like, I don't know if he's at risk for it again because there was no follow-up. So, we still just don't know how he got it. Luckily, he was able to beat it, and now he's 84. Mm. But... I'm just upset that
0: there was no follow-up about it. Yeah, Ebony, thank you so much for that call. I really appreciate uh, that, adding that into the conversation. Dr. Janet Stout, how, how common is that? How common is it that we hear of people, for one thing, not knowing where they contracted this disease in the first place, uh, but also that it seems like, in this case, there was no follow-up uh, from health professionals as to, uh, to to really figure that question out?
1: Well, a couple of things, and thank you for the question, Ebony. Uh, first point is uh, your uncle being in his 80s, and so the risk of Legionnaire's disease does go up with age. So uh, actually over 50 years old and older our uh, chances after exposure to the bacteria, which most of us are exposed to and don't become ill, chances of getting uh, ill and having Legionnaire's disease go up with age. And so I'm really happy to hear that your uncle, survived that uh, infection and uh, got treated well. Uh, the, the other thing about uh, typical investigation, so our, our public health uh, folks are charged with investigating lots of different occurrences. And when there's a single case, not an outbreak, meaning an outbreak is two or more cases, Uh, the type of investigation or questioning uh, that that you experienced was typical, meaning that they're filling out data forms for uploading to the state database and then further going to the national database uh, that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention take care of. So it's not uncommon in those single isolated, uh, what we call sporadic cases, for not much uh, actual investigation or testing to be done testing would be done in an outbreak setting. Uh, so, for example, uh, not too long ago, there was an outbreak in Atlanta at a hotel and many, many cases, and the this, this state goes in and testing of that water system is done, and then the likelihood of identifying a source when there's multiple cases goes up exponentially. But when there's one case, a person that's been in different places, uh, the chance of figuring out exactly which water source your uncle, for example, was exposed to that Hadley Janella is like the needle in the haystack. So what, what you're describing is common, although frustrating, I understand that.
0: Um, again, the number on the lines is three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Ebony, thanks again for that question uh, and that comment. Uh, Dr. Stout, you know, that gets me to a, a really important point of this conversation, I think, for the average person out there, who is concerned about this, especially if they are uh, at heightened risk for contracting Legionnaires' disease, what are the most important things that they can do to protect themselves?
1: Uh, Well, that's a great question, Jake. Uh, What I always tell people is that if you are diagnosed with pneumonia, so the physician is listening to your chest or they've done a a chest x-ray and say, you've got pneumonia, uh, one of the things you can do to advocate for yourself with regard to Legionnaire's disease is say, test me for Legionnaire's disease. The reason that they don't normally do that is that the disease is relatively rare uh, in the community, causing about 2 to 5% of the pneumonias that occur uh, annually. So ask the physician to do a, a urine test, so it's an easy specimen to get, for Legionella, and ask them to treat you with an antibiotic that covers the most common forms of bacteria pneumonia, but Legionella as well. And examples of that are levofloxacin and azithromycin or a Z-PAC. So many people get z for sinus infections, for example. That's the drug that's very effective in the treatment of Legionnaire's disease. The other thing I, I tell people is um, unless you really, really, really have to, I would avoid uh, getting into hot tubs and things that are, as you travel around uh, because sometimes they're not well-maintained and they have been a source of travel associated Legionnaires disease Hmm. so those are a couple of key things that you can do to advocate for yourself
0: that's a bummer for certain people I know that probably are going around. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear, Party pooper, but I,
1: <laughs> knowing what I know, I, I feel I must share that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one of the one of the things that you just mentioned, though, is that that um, diagnosis of pneumonia and how that relates to Legionnaires' disease. I want to bring this back to uh, the Flint water crisis because. According to state officials, so far at least 13 people have died from, Legionnaire, from the Legionnaires' outbreak there, but um, you know, experts say it could be up to 115 people, and, and that, ha- that discrepancy has something to do with the diagnosis of just plain old pneumonia, right?
1: Yes, right. So, so when uh, you get pneumonia and you go to your physician and they sort of look at how you present, meaning the signs and symptoms, you have high fever, you have cough. Well, those are generalized symptoms that Legionella pneumonia shares with all other forms of bacterial pneumonia. So a physician can't tell by looking at you that you have Legionnaire's disease pneumonia. They have to order the specific diagnostic tests, which are, as I say, the urine test or culture of the sputum and the respiratory secretions that may be produced when you have pneumonia. So those are the tests that they have to order. Many physicians under ordinary circumstances won't even think about Legionella in the, what's called the differential diagnosis of pneumonia. They don't even, it's not even on their radar. And so this is one of the reasons that it's so important in an outbreak situation for that information, that communication to go out to the community and the physicians in the community to raise that index of suspicion, that raise that probability of the doctors ordering Legionella tests. If they don't do the test, you don't get the diagnosis. And so what I think you're referring to, Jake, is that during that period of the outbreak, there were many cases of pneumonia, a large proportion of which didn't have Legionella diagnostic testing performed. And so the question remains, were those cases of Legionnaire's disease or were they just sort of normal pneumonia? And I think some of the data that was uncovered by the frontline folks shows a spike in overall pneumonia that coincided with the outbreak. So that leaves that lingering question.
0: This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, in for Stephen Henderson today. We're speaking with Dr. Janet Stout, President and Director of Special Pathogens Laboratory and Professor at the University of Pittsburgh Swanson School of Engineering. She concluded from a study that Legionella bacteria likely entered McLaren Hospital in Flint during the Flint water crisis. Of course, the number on the lines is 313-577-1019. Do you have any questions about Legionella and legionnaires disease for Dr. Stout do you, are you concerned about the presence of Legionella in our environment or other diseases and do you trust the way that local state and federal agents respond to outbreaks like this again 313-577-1019 and Dr. Stout I want to talk uh, you know I just mentioned that you um had concluded that bacteria likely entered McLaren Hospital. Now, you were, you were hired on as a consultant for McLaren Hospital in Flint, is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So about, about five, six months after I was initially contacted by the health department, um, they recommended that uh, McLaren uh, Flint Hospital contact uh, our group and our consulting group to help them deal with the impacts of the outbreak on them.
0: Yeah, and and McLaren suffered what is now known as the largest healthcare associated legionnaires outbreak known in the United States. Talk about uh sort of being on the, the the ground level for that. Well, what
1: what your listeners might not sort of understand is that people that are in the hospital already have health conditions that have gotten them there, right? Right. Many of those conditions are what are called risk factors for Legionnaire's disease, meaning they might have chronic lung disease, they might have diabetes, they might have cancer and, and being given immunosuppressive cancer therapy, and certainly elderly. So that kind of patient population was typical in the hospital at McLaren, like many hospitals across the United States. So that patient population is at greater risk just in general. Then you lay on top of that a community-wide event impacting the water quality, increasing the conditions for Legionella to grow. So it's kind of a double whammy if you're a hospital Uh, in uh, in Flint. And so McLaren was experiencing just what uh, I and other experts would predict. They were seeing more cases in their water distribution system. And remember what I told you about how when the water comes into the building and it goes into the warm water system, and those are conditions where Legionella can grow. Well, now you've got Water main breaks, brown water, high corrosive uh, materials, including iron, which turns out to be a growth requirement for Legionella. Well, then that growth within that hospital water system is going to be even greater, mm. and so it's uh, it's really not surprising that not only would they be affected, but they would be disproportionately affected.
0: Mm. Let's go back to the phones. Jake in Gross Point, you're on Detroit Today. Hi, good morning. This is Jay. Yeah, uh, Jay. Nice, nice to hear from you. What do you, what would you like to say? So you know, I,
1: I was, I'm just going to comment on the trust factor. I think uh, what uh, this is a public broadcast and not really a, a roundtable kind of discussion. And it goes to years that might listen to it and think that okay, there was a situation in one case where the uh, uh, agencies might not have protected the trust of the public. But then sometimes it goes into the indication then we lose total trust. I think. Uh,
0: Definitely, if there is a case of uh, uh, a loss of trust, but then, you know, uh, on a broadcast, it's important that we think about
1: it as maybe uh, we get heightened with other situations, but. Our trust
0: has to be maintained. Well, Jay, I really appreciate that comment, and I think it is a really, really important one. Uh, Dr. Stout, you know, this gets at a, a, an important part of the story, I think, and, 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 and I think that, that Jay is really on to something that sometimes, you know, when we hear about this, it, it really sort of, um, uh, it, it really goes at the, the, the trust that the public has in uh, the way that our government functions. Now, this was, uh, I, you could say, an isolated incident, but at the same time, it also connects with uh, just the the sort of fundamental bureaucratic systems that were in place at the time you talk about one agency deferring or claiming territory over another that was a contributor in this uh, do you see any signs that uh, bureaucrats have learned lessons from what happened in Flint uh, and and what are your thoughts as to what it should say about the larger issue of trust and we only have about a minute left and I apologize <laughs>
1: that's okay right we could go uh, have a whole uh, session on just that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I'm a glass half full person, so I'm I'm very hopeful that uh, lessons have been learned, and and certainly, uh, Dr. Hannah Atisha's book will help move that forward. Um, one of the things in her book that was a little sad was that you know, there was an outbreak of uh, in Washington D.C. of lead uh, poisoning uh, as a result of water treatment, and those lessons were not learned and, and applied in flint um so i i think um uh, i'll i'll just leave it as i'm a glass half full person <laughs> and i'm I'm very hopeful that we do learn from the mistakes of the past.
0: Okay, Dr. Janet Stout, president and director of Special Pathogens Laboratory. Thank you so much for joining us on Detroit today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And and uh, make sure of course that you join us for the WDET book club finale event on September 10th at the Detroit Public Library. Stephen Henderson will be joined by Dr. Monahanna Atisha, author of What the Eyes Don't See, and Michigan Senate Democratic Leader Jim Ananick. We would ask you just to register online at WDET.org. Tune in tomorrow. You'll hear Stephen Henderson's conversation with Dr. Mona Hanna-Attisha. This is 1019 WDET, uh, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. Thanks so much for listening.